by Raven. I always say it that way, which I kind of hate, but you know what? Raven. It's a bit. It's a bit at this point, so. I mean, you know, find that thing and lean into it. <laughs> no, you know? I hate it. I'm going to change my identity starting now. Are you okay. just going to be like, I'm Raven. Raven is here. No, it's fine. So excited to talk about this. Yes. I am stoked. I, okay, about midday started sending you text messages that were like this is metal as fuck it's true so (laughs) i'm super excited to talk about the headless horseman today i'm i'm excited i don't know (laughs) if i'm like kicking down doors to tell my neighbors about it i'm cool i'm kool-aid manning it right now (laughs) (laughs) on twitter i also i also did a lot of i did a a good amount of research on this one so you know whatevs I think, well, there's, like, a lot more tangible, like, compared to the skunk ape, you know? There, yeah. There's a lot more, like, tangible media and storytelling and mm-hmm. lore and everything. This is the first one that involves a book, so yeah. here we are. All right, so let's get in- into it. We let's can get, get into, into it. it. Um, so we're going to be talking specifically about the Headless Horseman, but it is kind of going to go all over the place, because I am going to talk about the Legend of Sleepy Hollow a lot, so... The Headless Horseman, TM, <laughs> does originate okay. from the story, uh, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, written by Washington Irving in uh, 1820. So mm-hmm. he's also known as the Headless Hessian of the Hollow. There is so much lore around what we know of as the Headless Horseman specifically to this story. Mm-hmm. And so I did look up what a Hessian soldier was. There are Germans that fought... For the British, right? In this context, yes. Basically, it's kind of like a mercenary. So it's like a country hiring out soldiers of another country. So in this case, it was a German mercenary who fought on the British side during the Revolutionary War. Um, So, go ahead. Do just so we so we know for future. So it's not it's not specifically this, but it's a term for that. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah. I've only ever heard it in relation. Maybe to the story. I mean, honestly, I've always thought of Revolutionary War, but yeah, okay. It cool. might not. Yeah. The more you know, baby. Yeah. So, okay. So this idea of the Headless Horseman comes from, like, th- it's thought to be a Hessian soldier, which is a German soldier fighting on the British side. And it's isolated to this one location in New York City near or on the battlefield of, of White Plains. There is a White Plains, New York. I actually knew that at a young age because we had a White Plains, Maryland that was, like, right nearby. I don't okay. know. Okay. Uh, whatever. Cool. I knew a lot about it for some reason. But this is during the time of the Revolutionary War, so 1776. So the character of the Headless Horseman is supposed to be a soldier that was decapitated by a cannonball. Mm. And the whole premise is that his body and head were not reunited before he got buried. I mean, understandable. Yeah, I, too, would be slightly um, unrested. Yeah. And so... That's kind of like the basis of this of this character. It's just that it was a soldier during war who lost his head, right? And so where that actually comes from, well, well I think, I don't know. This is probably a, right, a good time to get into it. Like, there is so much about The Legend of Sleepy Hollow that actually is accurate. Like, for example, they did find a soldier who was headless. Mm. Um, so it was based on... Straight up experiences. Not, I mean, okay. Fictionalized. Fictionalized, for sure. Washington Irving was friends with a lot of people, and he is one of the writer, the kind of writers that, like, pulls real things into stories without actually making 
without them actually being real. So Ichabod Crane, for example, the main character in mm. Legend of Sleepy Hollow, is a real human. He was a captain in the military, but he's not the character that he wrote. The name is correct, sure, but it's not the same person. Same with Katrina, who is the love interest of The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. I've never read it. I know. Okay, I'll go into the details of that <laughs> in a second. But just, so like Ichabod Crane, yeah, was a captain in 1814. So like, it's tricky because so much of this like pulls from actual yeah. experience. Like There's the finding, tendrils Yeah, everywhere. like the finding of a decapitated soldier, which I guess I think lends to like the mysticism of it, which I think is super, super cool. But... Let me back up and go into the story of Sleepy Hollow. So in this part of New York, there's this like, okay, I listened to the audiobook today. Uh, well, it's a short story. So I guess it, it was an audio, sh- audio, sh- story. audio story. Yeah. Um, I highly recommend it, actually. It's just on YouTube for free because it's in like public domain now. Sure. Yeah, yeah. But I listened to it today. I really enjoyed it. It's definitely of its time. But... Let me just get into the story before I start to, like, rip into it. But there's a place called uh, Sleepy Hollow. It's known to be very mystic. And so the mysticism in this area is possibly because of Native Americans, possibly because of the war grounds that, that are on. Does Sleepy Hollow have something to do with a bridge? Yes. Okay. I didn't know if that was, like, actual yes, or if it bridge. was, like, a pop cultural totally. thing that pulled from it and then Mm -hmm. made it happen okay the whole premise of the story is there's this place called sleepy hollow where everyone is just kind of like traditional is not the right word but very contented very contented Mm. and also um there was like a line in the story that was just like the the vibe (laughs) hashtag vibes of sleepy hollow um made it so that most people kind of went in and out of twilight state so it's this very like mystic thing um, and so it's the land that that's tied to. It actually is very clear and very beautiful how he writes about the land that it's on. Mm. And so the source of that comes from a bunch of different places, but ghost stories are prevalent there. Cool. So the story follows the character of Ichabod Crane, who is a teacher who comes in, who is a, is a man of Connecticut. So that means he's a man of the mind. He, you know, actually likes to play with kids, but he's like good with the cane, you know, spare mm-hmm. the rod beat the child or whatever the saying is that's said in this book mm. anyways but why did you bring- <laughs> okay it's they literally go so deeply into his archetype they so if the book is about 90 percent context and 10 percent headless horseman which i think is very interesting huh but so it follows Ichabod Crane, who's like Jaws. lusting after basically lusting after Katrina who is the uh Coquette is the word that they use a lot, which I've always wanted to be called a coquette. A croquet. No, like a cheeky, usually it's in the context of sex, but like, you know, a coquettish woman is like cheeky and, you know, flirty and stuff. Mm. But he's, so Katrina is the daughter of like the big landowner who is like, has a fruit farm. Mm -hmm. Um, Orchard, I guess that would be, but a huge farm in this space. Yeah. Um, and so it basically chronicles him being in this space, teaching kids, and also being in love with Katrina. Uh, and then he loves ghost stories. He reads all about witchcraft and about mysticism and about whatever. And so it just follows. He also really loves food. They talk at, at length about him being incredibly skinny, but also how he eats everything. Um, and that all of the townspeople love him, specifically all the women. 
He goes to a party where he's trying to woo Katrina. There is a foe, more or less, in the name. Uh, his name is like Bone something. Brom Bones. Yeah, Brom Bones. There we go. So he's this like really, he's the like hyper-masculine Gaston archetype, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he is also going after Katrina. So it's the two of them. As one does. Totally. So Ichabod goes to this party. They have a f- fantastic time. He goes and, like, he's been getting the affection of Katrina at the dismay of Brom Bones. And uh, such a good name. The more you it say is a it, really, the more I'm into it. It's also a nickname of his, which makes it super cool. But um, he goes to this party. He's having a great time. He's dancing. Uh, he hears these stories of ghosts that the, that the women of the town tell, specifically also about the Headless Horseman. Um, and... At this party, at one point, he goes over to talk to Katrina, and he his love is spurned. We don't know why. We just know that he walks away kind of defeated. As he walks away from the party, he goes into the woods. In the woods, he basically starts getting scared. He starts thinking about all the ghost stories. There is a tree in Sleepy Hollow that is associated with the, the murder of a captain. Mm. Not related to the Headless Horseman whatsoever. Sure. But it's a haunted tree. He finds the tree. He run, He basically, like, starts getting scared. He hears hoofs behind him because he knows of the Headless Horseman at this point. He starts running on his, like, he starts galloping on his horse. Uh, his horse takes a wrong turn, which is going to lead to the graveyard that houses the Headless Horseman. Sure. Uh, he's terrified. He knows that he has to cross a bridge because the lore is that, like, Brom Bones is the, uh, had his own experience with the Headless Horseman, and uh, the whole premise is he basically rides on his horse like the wind. Like, it's supernatural. Yeah. And so Brom Bones is known to be an expert horseman, and even he couldn't beat the Headless Horseman. However, he crossed this specific bridge, which is also a haunted bridge by the, by the church, um, and once he did that, the Headless Horseman exploded and just, like, poofed into flame and disappeared. Because the because he couldn't travel past the I bridge. I guess that's the that's the assumption. it had holy water on it. I, I don't know. So basically, he's running from the headless horseman. It's behind him. He's trying to get to the bridge. He doesn't get to the bridge. He basically falls off of his horse because the horse gets scared. And then next thing you know, it cuts. And then the townspeople have no idea where Ichabod Crane is. All they can find is a smashed pumpkin, and that's it. Mm. And like his horse, he's gone. Done. Poof. That's the story. That's the fucking story? That's the story. I was like, then what? <laughs> so then what? The assumption is that Brom Bones was actually the Headless Horseman. Because he was an expert horseman. He knew the story. And he was trying to get rid of Ichabod Crane. Because, of course, luckily, a couple weeks later, he then marries Katrina. Mm. So, I think it's really fascinating from a story. I recommend it. Uh, from my English major self, it is a perfect example of what American romanticism is in terms of literary genre. They talk a lot about food. They talk a lot I about place. That. They talk. They talk so much about like the leaves and the feeling and like the water he walks by. I have I mean, to be in so... the mood for that, but like I could so get into. Mm-hmm. Like I loved the Redwall series because it's like oh it's Redwall all over. Like talk to me about those freaking apple cordials, baby. Mm-hmm. Well, um, they're going to because also remember Katrina is the govern the for the fruit farm. Fruit, it's yeah, fruit like but it, they talk at length about fruit, which also makes sense because of the pumpkin. Yeah, which I will come back to in a second. So that's the story. 
of the Headless Horseman in The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. Do you have any questions, concerns, before um, I continue talking at you? I, you know, it's not as cool as I thought it would be. Yeah, it's kind of unfortunate. I mean, but it's also cool that we have this, like, I'm going to call a pop culture icon. Mm-hmm. That doesn't have a whole lot going on. But he does, though. That's okay. If I have a thesis of this entire podcast, it's that honestly, Tim Burton fucked it up. <laughs> I don't know if he wrote that story. I don't know if he actually like wrote out the screenplay, but like they did not need to add the bells and whistles. I didn't because, see it. Um, there's so much more added to it. There's like Satanism that's involved. Christina Ricci plays Katrina. And, like, she practices witchcraft in it. It's a whole thing. Plus, I'm super weirded out by the fact that Christina Ricci is probably, like, 16. And then Johnny Depp is probably, like, in his 30s. It just weirds me out. But the Headless... This is my thesis. The Headless Horseman character is so fucking badass. Honestly, they need better do. Because, like, holy shit, they are cool as hell. One, I mean, there's just the aspect of... Uh, them being a soldier that whose head was blown off and it was not reunited, which I think mm-hmm. is is something that's pretty cool. The reason he's so fucking cool is because the origin of the idea of the headless horseman comes from an Irish mythology, mm. the Dullahan. It's called it's Dark Man is what it translates to, and so I love that its legend originates in kind of more northern Ireland, Republic of, because it's more like Sligo area is where they specified where it comes Interesting. from. Interesting. So here's the here's the cool part. <laughs> he was a demonic fairy who carries his head under his arm. He also, pause for effect, carries a whip made out of a human corpse's spinal cord. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, what? Also, I lived here and never heard of this, but I'm really glad because yeah, we, dog. we had to deal with the Banshee and that was like enough for me to deal with the Banshee when I lived there. Yeah. So funny you mentioned the Banshee. The Banshee is our Nicolas Cage of this podcast. So she actually wraps into this story, which okay. I did not actually know. So the Dullahan shows up in two different ways. He shows up as the headless horseman on horseback. With spinal whip. With spinal <laughs> Yep, with Spinal Whip, or as the driver of what is known as the, quote, death coach. There's an Irish word for it. I can't pronounce it. But let me repeat that. He's the driver of a death coach. Yep. Which is an all-black coach, which allegedly is the, it's basically like the hearse as we would know it. Once it comes to Earth, it has to return with a body. Also, that's really interesting hearing this, because when I lived... When I lived over there, I lived in an apartment, and our apartment building had, like, we were in a complex of multiple buildings, and unfortunately, um, someone passed away in the building next door, mm. but it was not an ambulance that came. It was a hearse that came to take the body. Mm-hmm. It was a long black car. It was not an ambulance to take away this person who had passed. I mean, that makes sense, though. Yeah, but, an like... An ambulance I, is a waste of money. Yeah, but I've never seen that, though. Oh, okay. Like I did, like I was just like, is this a thing? They're like, this is how this always happens. Like hmm. when it, when it's not when we are past emergency status, it's more comfortable, I'd imagine. But like, I, like that was so scary because a hundred percent, it was like a rainy night. It was late, and mm-hmm. then you just see silhouetted people, this black vehicle roll up, mm-hmm. and you're just like, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, that's real. But so the connection though is this death coach, right? 
often is accompanied by banshees. So the death coach appears, and then to get its harvest, the banshees more or less are scream. There. Yeah. So Ugh. very similar to banshees, this uh, Dullahan is a um, uh, what's the word? Dark man. No, like a har- it's not a harbinger of death. It's a sort of the P. There are people that bring that help people pass. It's not going to come to me. Um, they basically act the same way, the Dullahan and the Banshee. So they announce death, more or less. So in these Irish legends specifically, the Dullahan calls out a name and that person dies. So they're, they're kind of like the death bringers. And then if, you, if, you're, if you're associating it with the coach, they're also the farriers too. Yeah. Which is a full-service job with his corpse spine in hand. Which, like, you know... <laughs> Like I feel like being a being a demonic fairy already conjures an image, and then when you add like I'm gonna just carry my head like a melon, and then I like I believe you, like oh. I, like I don't need the spine. As you say that though, I immediately think of the character from uh, Mystery Men who has the head in the uh, Janine Garofalo has the head in the bowling ball. I'm gonna be honest, I never saw the movie. You never- Anyways, I just imagine him like that. And also just for kind of more to cover to cover all the bases. So this character does also... Our headless bases? What? Our headless bases. Sure. Just to cover our, I guess, headless bases. This character also exists in Scottish lore as well. Um, In that circumstance, it's more connected to a clan battle where there's a clan battle and a man named, uh, I think it would be pronounced Owen or Ewan, maybe was decapitated and lost his chance at chief chiefhood so he haunted because of that mm. um there also is the same in uh english uh english lore there is a 14th century poem about gawain which is uh gawain which is a character in uh king arthur yeah. lore um basically he battles the green knight chops the green knight's head off the green knight picks his head up bows and basically is like i'll see you next year <laughs> And then they fight every Tis year. Tis only a flesh wound. Tis only a flesh wound. They fight every year, which the idea of him surfacing at certain times, I think, is something that will pop up like again. cyclical. Yes. Also, Scandinavian lore, it's tied to the Wild Hunt, which we will do an entire podcast specifically on the Wild Hunt because I love it. But I just think it's interesting that there's these are all stories in harsh landscapes mm-hmm. of headless men running around. Yeah. And I, like I think it's funny too that we've like we, we're we are here after being like it's spoopy season. Let's mm-hmm. do like the headless horseman cuz Halloween and now we're like of course we get back into like Ireland and yeah. Scotland and well, Scandinavia. It's interesting you say that too because there's no association with Halloween. No. So, okay, there kind of is. So it seems almost retconned, to be honest, mm-hmm. that the Headless Horseman is associated with Halloween. So there is the element of the jack-o'-lantern. Yeah. At one point... Was that commercialism? I think it was. Um, at one point, he ended up with a head that was a pumpkin. So in the story, the only pumpkin that's in the context is that they found one smashed on the ground where Ichabod fell, Right. As a projectile? Yeah, I would assume, yes. Okay. In the, in the movie, I'm pretty sure he, like, throws his flaming head at people as a weapon. That's what I do. 
fact. <laughs> there isn't really any context story-wise in the original stuff about him being a jack-o'-lantern. Also, another side side thing, I looked up jack-o'-lanterns and that in itself is its own story. So I was looking up kind of like what this had to do, like if it, if there was a connection whatsoever. And jack-o'-lanterns were also an Irish story. So the Irish story was of Stingy Jack, who apparently tricked the devil into not taking his soul. He did it so many times. He basically like tricked him into not taking it for a year and then 10 years. And then it kind of kept going. Um, and so at one point he tricked him enough that he was like, fine, I'll leave you alone. But what I'll, I will only leave you with this lit coal <laughs> so you can navigate the night. You have to find your way home more or less. So what Stingy with Jack a lit did. coal? Yeah, because that's it. He was basically trying to F him over. Yeah. The devil was trying to F him over. So he carved out a radish. No, I'm sorry, turnip. And put the coal in and then continue to walk into the night where he will forever walk because he can't die. He didn't take his soul. And so it was an Irish tradition to carve turnips and pumpkins and gourds. To light to the way? Not light the way, but kind of cast or to... um like banish wayward spirits from your house and they're like um i am ill prepared for this because i didn't even think of this until this moment mm-hmm. um but there is a day in sub like mid-september mid-late september in i don't know if it's like if it's just like chinese folklore or buddhism or confucianism or whatever um but Last time I was there on street corners, like we when we were driving back into Beijing, it was very interesting that in front of people's houses they were they were piling like newspapers and stuff, and they were burning fires mm-hmm. because it was the one time of year that the the dead would would walk the land. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I was traveling with a Shaolin monk, and he was just like he's he was like it's interesting who you talk to because some people do it and they'll burn garbage mm-hmm. and they'll do it to keep like spirits Ill, away. ill spirits away he was just like he's like i know like uh he's like i know families that just burn garbage because they don't want negativity coming to them but other people will burn like sweeter incenses and stuff because they're trying to bring their like lost loved ones back home <laughs> and it's like it's very much like Dia de los Muertos. Where, yeah. And, but, like, I mean, it was also the day that I had someone pass away, which yeah. was very weird. Um, Dude, that's yeah, real. Um, but, and beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even think of that until this moment. But, yeah. the Like, the like I've, I guess I've never thought about jack-o'-lanterns in that mm-hmm. context either. But, well, like, I don't, they, they are, they are lanterns. They are lanterns, yeah. But um, it's... It's very, it's tricky. Like, once again, we have a series of of mythologies that are beginning bled together because also, considering the time frame, Halloween wasn't celebrated. We're still talking about All Saints Day and Samhain. I mean, we're talking about Irish lore. We're talking the pagan holiday of Samhain. So the idea of spirits and tricksters and offering treats so that you don't, you know, have negative spirits come onto your house. Like, that's the environment we're in. We're not in Halloween, which I guess was uh, commercialized in the 1930s. Yeah. So, like, we're in the era of, like, Puritanism Mm. versus 
like pagan tradition. Um, and if we're considering the fact that we are in like upstate New York, like post revolutionary war, yeah, we're still talking people who are really entwined with, with like all hollows Eve kind of thing. Sure. So contextually the fact that it's looped with Halloween makes sense, but it's kind of when in the actual story, they speak about it as a ghost story told over winter. I was going to say like, when does it take place? Like, if it was, like, fall leaves. Mm -hmm. Or, like, the wild hunt comes during the winter. It's not... Interesting. So, I think, like, the inserting of the jack-o'-lantern is, I feel like, 100%, like, Disney. (laughs) Disney did this. (laughs) This man's spooky. Mm -hmm. Give him a jack-o'-lantern and uh, Mm -hmm. some plastic fangs. Especially when you think about the fact that if it's probably Bram Bone, he just took a freaking pumpkin from the farm and then just fucking chucked it at him. Yeah. And so the the thought is, like, Ichabod likely fled. He didn't die. Oh, I thought he would be, like, Because they never never find his body. I mean, but he could could have been buried. I mean, maybe. I don't know about forensics in the 1800s. No, they didn't exist. But... I don't know. I think that's, I think it's very fascinating. And I think he's metal as fuck. Campaign to have like headless horsemen have his own shit. Yeah. Cause it's, yeah, it's always in association with other things. It's mm-hmm. not. Or like Satanism. Satanism. I just like can't even. I never saw it. I, yeah, I won't just keep trashing that movie. But why don't you talk about where he's shown up in other things? Yeah. Well, I want to talk about personal experience real quick, just oh. because I think it, it goes with this. So I have not seen, I have not experienced a Headless Horseman IRL, except for when I was uh, like 11 or 12, mm-hmm. I think. Early 2000s. I went to Disney World with my mom, and it was for like the uh, Halloween mm-hmm. event. And it was very cool, because it was like hella empty and you're like yo all the rides um but they have a parade that's halloween themed and i remember like this is like one of those like like disney magic moments that is like ingrained in my brain Mm -hmm. because i remember so like like it's so defined of like walking out of the haunted mansion and then being in liberty square and being by the sleepy hollows oh the sleepy hollows like confectionery and getting like the treat and waiting for the parade because i was like oh cool it's just gonna be like the parades and like winnie the pooh will be a mummy and some shit like love that love winnie pooh's winnie the pooh's Win- winnie pooh's winnie pooh's um so i was just like this will be cool um but there was like a a frontiersman like from like Frontierland, walking around with a lantern and he was like mumbling and he definitely was being like, portraying himself as, like, the town drunkard who, like, has seen some shit, but no one's believing him. But he was just kind of like, like, there's, a man is coming. And eventually, this headless horseman shows up. And it was, like, the biggest, darkest Clydesdale I've ever seen. And it was someone dressed up as the headless horseman carrying a head. Mm-hmm. And it definitely was, like, I've seen footage of it on, like, YouTube, like, looking it up to show you. And how, like, there's a steady cadence to the walk. Mm -hmm. And when I saw it, like, maybe that horse just went rogue because it was not steady. Yeah, it it wasn't calm. It was not calm. It was a little erratic and, like, bucked. And it was, like, moving. And it was terrifying. Stop doing it for a while, though. 
Um, they stopped doing the meet and greets oh, okay. with because um, so <laughs> side piece, uh, you could do a photo op with uh, the headless horseman at uh, Frontier. Li- the front- no, uh, uh, the, the campsite, the wilderness lodge. Yeah, and I so desperately was trying to coordinate like a year ago going but that's the year that they like it was still retired mm-hmm. but i so wanted to go and like dress up and then get an oil painting and just uh, like a family portrait with a headless horseman in the back so i wanted it so badly that's but, our aesthetic <laughs> but like that was probably like my real first experience with the headless horseman was it tangibly in my face mm-hmm. and i mean obviously like it's Disney, it's the pageantry, but, like, how believable that suit was. So it wasn't, like, you know, the guy's head was pulling the shoulders up. Like, I don't yeah. know. It was it was scary. And, the the honestly, the horse was so big. Yeah. Um, Especially as a kid. Clydesdales are huge. Yes. <laughs> you have no idea. But I just think the... I feel like the campaign... This is really what I want to talk about. Campaign to have Headless Horseman put into Dead by Daylight. Because... Would that not be awesome? You would lose. You would lose always. But, like, there's something to be said, one, about the headless part. Mm -hmm. Two, about the fact that he's always on a horse, and he will always be faster than you. They all are already. Yeah. I don't mean on Dead by Daylight, but just, like, in general, how it fascinates me. But it also made me think of, like, there's a saying when you go hiking that you should never look backwards because once you start, you can't stop. Mm. And I think of that when I think of the Headless Horseman, because, like, if you're riding in the night on your own horse and you just happen to start start hearing a second set of hooves, that has to be the scariest shit on the planet. I think there's something to say about, like, just the pursuit compared to, like, other villains, because you always, like, there's, like, Jason Voorhees and Freddy and... Mm -hmm. Michael, where there's like this, like it, this like stalking, like I, I recently saw a TikTok that was like the scenes you don't see in horror films, and it was someone dressed up as Michael Myers, and it was like him slowly stalking, mm-hmm. and then it was like her getting in her car driving, and then it was just like him running down the street after, her, and it was like all the erratic behavior to then get to the point to stalk. Yeah, um, but it, just like the. The hot pursuit, I guess, of the Headless Horseman makes He's, like, him, hunting. Yeah, he's, like, getting you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing I was going to bring up was... He doesn't have a head. <laughs> no. Um, oh, just talking about, like, the... If you're if you're walking and you hear footsteps or that, that the, the audible noise that shouldn't be there, like, there's... Um, a game I play online with friends that occasionally there's a glitch where the footsteps duplicate and it it's not a scary game, but it becomes unnerving because you're, you're trying to be calculated, but the footsteps are glitching. So you're like body knows. Yeah. So I'm like taking steps and, but then I just hear this like echoed effect and I'm like, some, like I'm being stalked. Mm-hmm. So like, just add a headless man on a horse, and yeah. then I'm going to have a, a panic attack. Yeah. I but, just think he's so cool. <laughs> but other things that I wanted to highlight from, like, popular culture, because, like, there's a bunch of movies, there's a bunch of things, and I feel like a lot of the stuff, it's, like, the same thing. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's headless horseman stalking. There's, like, a threshold he can't pass. He's chucking a pumpkin. He's chucking a flaming head. But things I wanted to highlight is, like, apparently in some... Marvel comic recently, the runes of Ravencroft 
Sabretooth number one. I think Marvel just like retcons the fact that the Headless Horseman is actually a ghost rider. That's all. That's just all I wanted to add. That, and I, I guess it's what like was a, the context? I don't know. Just that it was like a, there was a person who was like a headless, or it wasn't that he was headless, but he had a flame head. But he was on a horse, and you're like, well, it's it's Nicolas Cage, basically. Yeah, I was it's just a like, ghost rider. It's like, <laughs> this is somehow, like, if you squint at it, you're like, Disney owns National Treasure. Disney owns Marvel. Nicolas Cage Disney has... also owns Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, so it is, in fact, <laughs> Nick Cage. If you squint at it, I don't think Ghost Rider was a... Uh, it's not a Disney Marvel movie. I think, was it Fox? I don't know. No, nothing matters, <laughs> but it's Nick Cage. That's what I'm gonna throw. I don't out know there. how he ended up here, but we did, and it's great. Um, but two things I just want, since we often go to video games, I wanted to pull two that just seemed far more unique experiences than like World of Warcraft has headless horsemen. You have the Shade of the Headless Horseman, which I didn't know until now. It was called the Shade, which I really, really love. But the first experience I want to talk about was uh, in Assassin's Creed Three which is when we're in the Americas. Yeah. One of the good ones. I haven't played. I own it, I think. It's pretty all right. But Daniel Boone tells uh, the player, or Connor, about the Headless Horseman, which prompts the player to go investigate. But I just really, apparently there's this like dialogue that Boone's like, I've never seen him myself, but I've heard the stories from here to Kentucky, a German mercenary. Fuck, I can't read. uh, Hessians is what they call him was fighting a battle when a cannonball took his head clean off. His whole battalion was routed and they lost the encounter. Routed? Rooted? I don't don't know. know. (laughs) But the lad didn't die. He's been wandering the bush on horseback around the battlefield ever since, searching for his head, chasing innocents when he sees them, taking their domes for his own. I don't think domes is a context. I think that's anachronistic. Yeah. (laughs) But I, I like to think that Daniel Boone was like, taking their domes. Taking their domes. He's wearing a pumpkin for a head now until he finds what he's looking for. Like I said, I haven't seen him, but I've seen the bodies he leaves lying about. Headless and grotesque. God rest their souls. I feel like that's ripped like straight from Wikipedia. Maybe. (laughs) But I really like, I like this as like flavor text Mm -hmm. for a bigger thing. Instead of it being like, cool, here's this big old... Enemy, yeah. Like, this is going to be a three-tiered quest. You're going to go then fight the man on sleepy hollows bridge and there's you're gonna have to shoot him with pumpkins and then there's cooldowns like there's no bullshit it's just like you're gonna see the remnants of this and i guess in the game you see the horseman appear like from my understanding you don't fight him he Mm -hmm. just appears and then why would you man i wouldn't like i'm not gonna fuck you up i try not to fight specters of the night (laughs) i try to avoid it at all costs um but one i have experienced is the headless horseman in skyrim he's actually like straight up ghost not not of flesh Mm -hmm. spooks (laughs) i don't not a fleshy spook but a yeah Ghosty spook. Um, and I remember, like, hearing, like, whisper, like, when Skyrim came out, people, like, my friends being like, have you seen the Headless Horseman? And I totally thought that they were, like, messing with me. Dude, I love shit that pops up yeah. like that, where it's, like, someone put it in there, but no one talks about it until they experience it. Yeah. So good. There's also shooting stars in uh, Zelda's Breath of the Wild, and I've only ever seen them, like, twice, but I know that they can occur, and it's, like, Ew. one of those moments that you can, like, go it's collect special. it. But it's, like, very cool, because it'll, like, be a beam, like, mm. when it lands. 
Um, and this is very much that similar like experience because like I've heard about this for years and I played a little bit of Skyrim maybe like maybe a year ago now and I was like I'll just play some Skyrim and like immediately I saw the Headless Horseman and I was like I'm sorry what yeah <laughs> like knowing it was there it was like just so matter of fact in my face uh, but I'll just I'll read you um, just a little bit here so the Headless Horseman is a headless specter of a warrior who can be seen riding around Skyrim on his ghostly steed at night or staying at ha- ha- or staying at Hamver's rest during the day facing its cemetery which one very cool and stoic. I, he spawns randomly throughout the map between like the late night and early morning hours. Uh, but what I really love is there's some known quotes. So when you get to Hamver's Rest, there's some skeletons and droggers that you can fight. And so if he's there, he commentates? Because you can't interact with him. You can't talk to him. You can't fight him. He's like this spirit spectral NPC. So I love that there's known quotes from this thing you can't interact, but it's him just spectating. So, like, he's shout-casting <laughs> your skeletal fights. Yeah. So it's like, upon entering Hamver's rest, he's like, such an abrupt end to our game. And that's when, like, if you're killing something that's chasing him, or who dares disturb my rest if you just happen upon his encounter. Because, like, when he's walking across Skyrim, he's also not, like, it's not explicitly traveling from point A to point B. He meanders and rests and pauses and then could, like, shift direction. I love that someone programmed that in. Yeah. That makes me so happy. There was a moment in The Witcher that I just... I mean, kind of similar, but I was just walking across the map. There's nothing around. And I came across this huge tree that was split down the middle. And Geralt just says without prompting, oh, must have been hit by lightning or something like that. And that's it. Someone had to record that dialogue and program that in. And it was just such a lovely moment to be like, oh, yeah, I guess that tree was hit by lightning. Holy shit. And like, so cool. If we're talking about like video games are cool, those experiences too. Like, what's the threshold of that? Like, what are the chances? But like, also, what is your like? I always like to think of like your your actual space to it. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, like what does it take to trigger that? Yeah. Well, if they, I mean, they had a they had to put so much work to it in it in Skyrim. Right. If he's gonna wander and pause and yeah, like he has his own life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like, and, and then you just have a spectral man on a horse being like, you will join the dead. All the living shall fear the dead. But I don't even know what he sounds like because when I saw him, he was moving so quickly and it was like really early on for me just escaping the dragon and, yeah. and heading to to Whiterun that I ran into him. And yeah, so like, creepy. he was moving way faster than me. So yeah. I was just like, please, sir. Like, <laughs> Following after him. I don't know. I feel like he's so cool. But yeah, but like, the Headless Horseman is cool, but like... Better stories for the Headless Horseman. Campaign. Yeah, like, the cool stuff that I like is just like these happenstance things where it's just like, cool, someone intentionally added him, but it's not like the focus. But I want like something that's focusing on the Headless Horseman that tells a good story that doesn't... I don't... I don't know, I just... Give him some goods. Maybe give him the spinal whip. I don't know. I think the spinal whip is a good choice. I don't know. That kind of scares me. Like, when I think about it, 
it's really upsetting. And then I, <laughs> is it bad that I think of my spine and I'm like, that's not a good whip. Like, I'm not so very rigid. mobile. Yeah. No. I don't know. I think that's so cool. That's it. That's all I got. That's all I got on our boo. I think it's cool though. I hope the, you know, I hope the headless horseman's hiding in more things that we can happen upon. I just, I think I'm like at this point where I kind of just want to write fanfic about the headless horseman because, like, Oh my god, could you imagine also, why is him head- just trying to like live his life in the woods and everyone's just like fucking his shit up and he's just like trying to mind his own business with his spine spine whip. Can we just real talk, why is it always a man? Cuz it was a soldier. Mm, okay. That would be why. But also, damn, there's a there's a story, headless horseman, actually a headless horsewoman. I don't know. It's not too much of a story. I mostly just want to create more stories. Well, like, why Why do you have Katrina, who's from the fruit farm, and she Katr- has no... Katrina she... doesn't even talk in the entire thing. Well... It was a story written in, 19, in 1820. Yeah, so. but, like, what if Katrina had a lover and that was a lady, and what if they rode horses together and she threw pumpkins at shit men? What if... <laughs> What if she was the headless horseman, and that's why... Oh, no, she married the other guy. Fuck. Sorry. It's ruined. What if we just... Yeah, I just feel like this is, like, ripe for creating beautiful stories around this amazing character that doesn't actually get any screen time. Because I don't know if I said this on... Did I say this on this thing? It's 90% food and place, and then 10% actual headless horseman. Yeah. So, I mean... I feel like I feel like justice for Headless Horseman. Really, that's all I want to say. Fanfic for Headless Horseman needs to happen more often and also needs to become a villain in Dead by Daylight because that would be sick. He just shoots across the map and if you're in his like he chucks lane. pumpkins at you. Oh my god. Or hits you with a spine whip, honestly. He's kind of more like the shotgun guy. It's not a shotgun, it's like a sniper rifle with the harpoon. Hey y'all, we really like Dead by Daylight. Anyways, but well, thank you so much for listening to us talk about the Headless Horseman and random experiences. Uh, because, I mean, I guess you can't schedule an experience with the Headless Horseman. It just happens upon you. Like this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for listening to The Night Society, where we talk about monsters, myths, legends, and lore. If you want to find out more about us or the work that we do, you can check us out at okretro.zone. You can also check out either one of us on Twitter or Twitch. Links in the bios. Totally. It's complicated. (laughs) But thank you so much. And I hope you all have an amazing new moon and you jump into Scorpio season real good. Also vote, please, dear God. For the love of God, please vote.